Welcome to Home's Room. Just like homeroom, we start off our day getting together with our homies, swapping stories, even a little kiss and tell action. This podcast contains language not suitable for younger listeners. Topics about sex and mental health. Discretion is advised. Our views are our own. Let class begin. Hello! Welcome to Home's Room in this very special uh, Valentine's Day, Sending Love Your Way episode. See what I did there? I rhymed, Caitlin. How do you feel about that? I love it. You know, sometimes it feels forced, but sometimes it comes organically and you are just the best at it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm excited about this episode. Um, I don't personally have a ton of um, well, let's do a proper introduction. This is our Valentine's Day episode. So happy Valentine's Day, homies. We adore you. Love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, we're doing a weird alternate take on it, though, where we are talking about worst first dates. Um, I shared a Reddit thread with Matt where people are very bravely publicly coming forward with their awful first date stories. I don't have a personal, maybe I have one awful first date <laughs> story, um, but I figured we could jump into it and share our first date stories with our husband, my husband and your wife, Courtney. I don't know if you'd love to share that or not, um, but for me, the the fun first date stories are the ones that stick. So I didn't know if you wanted to just jump in and share us. How did you meet Courtney? And uh, first of all, happy Valentine's Day, Court. We love a supportive (laughs) significant other, right? (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about your first date with your wife. Um. I like how I had a choice in that. And then all of a sudden I did not have a choice in that. Sorry, um, by the way. Uh, uh, I mean, we went to see the fountain, which was a terrible, I feel like we talked about this before, but we went to see uh, the fountain, which was, we both worked at the movie theater. So like going to see movies was like clearly a thing that we loved doing as employees there. But uh, we went to go, we were secret for a while because we worked together and we didn't like, all the other people that worked there that dated each other, it was always drama filled. So we kind of wanted yep. to keep it low key. Uh, so we had been on like dates, I guess, but mostly it was just like hanging out. So it was like our first, like, which, which is why, like, to me, it's like not fuzzy, but like not as memorable because it was just the first time we were able to go out and like go do something where we weren't worried about being seen. Mm-hmm. So like uh, we went to go see the fountain and that movie was super trippy And I think both of us were just so like eager to be able to like sit in a movie theater together that like, I don't know, it was good. And then I can't for life remember what happened after we watched the movie because that was 17, 18 years ago now. And that's a, it's a little fuzzy. I remember so many other random dates and things that we've been on bits and pieces wise, but that one doesn't really like resonate i remember the first time we hung out because it was like high school butterfly feelings more than the first time we went on a date so we so we hung out cute. a lot oh no. throwback to the butterflies man yeah. 
when you're over 10 years in a relationship, it's it's hard to remember those days. But uh, I appreciate you pointing those out because I definitely <laughs> had those with my husband. So my first date with my husband, um, we met in college. Our parents lived about 20 miles, 20 minutes like apart from each other. But we would have never met apart from this thing called Greek Week back in college. <laughs> My sorority and his fraternity were paired together for Greek week. It's a whole ordeal, whatever. The after party of Greek week, um, we met in a dark basement of a frat house. The very first picture that I have of him and I together is from that night where he is dressed up like a pirate. And I'm so look, look forward to the day where I get to explain to our children when mommy met daddy, daddy was dressed up like a pirate. <laughs> but that was the theme for Greek week. We were uh, pirates of, of the Caribbean, whatever. So he, um, I randomly take a picture of him with two of my other sorority sisters who I later asked, have you, did you ever know, like, did you know who he was? They said, no, we were, you know, partying and just wanted to take a picture. So then he says, oh, well, I need to take a picture with you because you're taking the picture. I want to take a picture with you too. He later tells me years down the road that um, he intentionally had me take a picture with my phone so that immediately after he could turn around and say, oh, well, I need your number so that you can send me this picture. <laughs> so I gave him my number. And then also in the same conversation years down the road, he says, I woke up on the couch in my frat house, hung over his shit the next morning, checked my text messages and just saw that a random number had sent me this picture of the two of us and went, yes, I got a number. <laughs> I love so it. that was how we met. Uh, a couple of weeks after that, we went out on our first date. Our first date was also seeing a movie together. We went and saw Captain America, Winter Soldier. After that, we went to Half Price Appetizers at Applebee's, <laughs> where what the only thing I really vividly remember was, first of all, I got the pretzel sticks and the beer cheese. If if you're not going to Applebee's and getting Half Price apps and you're not getting the pretzel sticks with beer cheese, what is wrong with you? They're so delicious. But we were at Applebee's and another one of his fraternity brothers was at the Applebee's. And sneakily, years down the road, I found out, sneakily took a picture of me and my husband, now husband, sitting at this table together and posted it on their like group chat with their whole fraternity and said like, <laughs> oh, Ding's out trying to woo a girl or something where like it was such a weird thing for him to be out on a date with a girl because he was like such a player or whatever the hell back in college, whatever. So that was... um the first date I had with my husband, and I guess as the kids say, the rest is history. <laughs> that was yeah. over 10 years ago. Not a terrible first date. Um, probably, ooh, okay. Only other weird first date story I have is the same date. I turn my phone off when we're in the movie theater. I answer or I turn my phone back on as we're walking out of the theater. and We're on our way to Applebee's for Half Price Apps. As soon as I turn my phone on, I see a voicemail from, um, fun fact to everybody, I was super plugged into church in these <laughs> days, very openly, <laughs> loudly Christian. Maybe that's a topic we can dive into in a different episode. But <laughs> my mentor from church leaves me a voicemail and a text message that says, call me as soon as you can. I said, okay. I think it's like a, a an emergency or like like she had some health problems i was like oh my god she's like back in the hospital or whatever 
So as soon as we're out of the movie theater, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, I need to, to take this call. We're walking from the movie theater. He's like holding the car door open for me. And I'm on the phone with this mentor from church. She goes, I just met this super Christian man who's a Walmart cash register guy. <laughs> and I think that you guys would be so cute together. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm literally on a first date with a guy that's like really <laughs> fucking hot right now. So I'm going to call you back later. And he's he's like, oh, my gosh, you look like you're freaked out. Or I was like, I'm so sorry. It's my mentor from church is trying to hook me up with like this really strong Christian guy that she met or whatever. And it was like the most awkward thing because I'm like, I'm really enjoying my date with you. I don't want you to think that I'm like playing matchmaker with it was a very random out of left field call that I got from her. And it was it was very awkward and weird. Things didn't work out with the Walmart cash register guy obviously <laughs> i married the guy that was taking me to half price apps and applebee's I'm a very simple woman but <laughs> i love that that's probably the most awkward thing that i have to say about a first date so fair um i just want to say i don't know if it's necessarily because we were doing a valentine's day episode and you were like dressed up a little bit but uh i saw a meme earlier and it, like I said, it could be wrong, but I saw a meme earlier that was like, you know, you're getting older when it's hard to keep your to keep your dress your dress t-shirts and your regular t-shirts separate. And uh, this is one of my um, one of my like, I love this shirt, and this is great the shirt movie. I would, I would, this is the shirt I would wear on uh, on on my on a first date just to see whether the person is like, oh, you're wearing that. If you are and, just listening, Matt is wearing a. Bomb as hell Starship Troopers t-shirt, which gift, is very on brand for you, can I just say? Gift from <laughs> gift from my wife. So uh yeah, no, I, I love this shirt. But like most importantly, it's like if you know what this is, we can be friends. If you don't know what this is, then like I probably wouldn't enjoy talking to you because it's it's a but good movie. If you've also never seen the movie, please go revisit and give us your feedback because we always love feedback <laughs> from our friends, family homies here at Home's Room. Uh, I'm going to put a asterisk next to that one. This is one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. And if you, uh, if you come for this movie, we, we might, might be some fisticuffs. I don't know. Well, you just, that just means that you need to have a creative, articulable <laughs> argument about why it's such a great movie. Okay. Johnny Rico was the best and I don't want to hear nothing else, but okay. I'm just saying that <laughs> we have said several times over, we welcome all kinds of feedback. If you haven't watched our Troop troopers, if you do check it out and you don't happen to like it. You better come prepared and come the fuck ready because Matt's ready to throw punches. Like you better get them dukes up if that's something that you're not enjoying. So. Yeah. All right. We have our Reddit thread. Can you please share with us the first one that you picked out that was an awful first date story? And for, let me also just say thank you so much to our anonymous Reddit poster friends who have put yeah. themselves out there for our entertainment and our enjoyment because some of these that I specifically picked out sound awful, Matt. Yeah. Uh, so I picked ones that made me laugh more than like anything else or reminded me of something. And uh, given the news that we we're all sitting with, um, Mr. Matthew Perry passing away recently. And, uh, you know, obviously the legacy that is friends and all of that, like this one reminds me of an episode of friends. So it had to make its way on here. And just an aside to this, the main character from the books that I wrote was almost patterned after or inspired by 
Chandler because it was a guy that could be anybody. It was a guy that could that could be your best friend or could have been somebody that you you knew and lost touch with. And that was the whole goal was like that guy. So that that actor and that character meant a lot to me. So the fact that this one reminds me of an episode of Friends is hilarious. It doesn't have to do with Chandler. However, the uh, the the Friends callback will be noticeable. So this one says, went over to her place to hang out. My God, what a mess. And the smell. It was like a pig died and passed gas. Dot, dot, dot. And I was just like, oh my God, that's it. That's that's the extent of it. And all I could think of is that episode of Friends where Ross went over to Rebecca Romaine's house and was in the filth. And they were like, you're just going to have to do it in the filth. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I thought of. And I couldn't imagine bringing somebody over to, to your house the first time for a first date. And and that's that's a hey let's kick it outside maybe i don't know do you think that's a planned event though like maybe the person that you're out on a date with like sprung it on you and you don't have time to like straighten up or whatever or 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 is it like the kids call it delulu i call it delusional because i'm older than the kids these days (laughs) but like a delusional or like um, absent from it where like maybe that's how they grew up and they like just like think that that's normal or something because I think that could be part of it yeah because let but... me tell you Matt I dated my husband now lived in a fucking frat house okay like the bar is on the floor in terms of cleanliness like I get it you know mm-hmm. maybe not maybe it's different because it's dudes and it's college <laughs> guys but devil's advocate maybe it's a situation where it's like oh well he sprung on her let's go back to your place or maybe she volunteered it and she it's like a like a fun like college experience where it's like you don't understand how abnormal you were being born and raised in a mess until you're in that position where you're like oh this is different than how other people were raised, you know? I could could see it both ways, I guess. But I mean, for me, like my just like personal opinion, you you know whether like it's like, oh man, I'm going to bring this person back to my house or, oh man, my house is a mess. And like forewarning, not just like pop over because like whatever, but also like it could be a little bit of like, you don't don't realize how bad and like you go nose blind to like the smells of your house or whatever. Mm. I don't know, maybe, but either way, uh that's unfortunate for everybody involved and you know maybe she found her guy that like didn't care or maybe she cleaned up her act i don't know well but not sure invalidating wasn't that guy yeah not invalidating that experience because that would absolutely be shocking to me too so <laughs> all right my first one went for drinks conversation went well About an hour in, her phone rings, she picks up and has a full-blown 15-minute argument with her boyfriend. I mean, lying about their relationship status is one thing, but actually taking the call while trying to cheat kind of blew my mind. Same. Yeah. I'm sorry? Excuse me? (laughs) Where do you get the audacity to take that call, feel that call, and feel like it's a completely normal social situation to have a full-blown argument with (laughs) – this person can clearly tell it's your boyfriend. What the hell? Yeah. That blew my mind. I'm like – That's unfortunate. (laughs) And and here's the other thing too. I've been cheated on before, okay? 
like, maybe this is a better story than a worse first date. Um, I had a very toxic ex-boyfriend in high school. Toxic on both sides. We were both emotionally immature. Um, I used to also the same period of my life where I was very plugged into church. He lived in a house that was like two houses down from the church that I attended every Sunday without fail. We had had a fight the night before. Um, it was not uncommon for me to like stop by his house before I went to church on that Sunday to just like say hi or whatever. I decided to stop by his house to apologize and like make nice and all of the super toxic, abusive, whatever the hell. I walk into his room and I see another girl in his bed. Oh, dang. Naked as the day she was born. Turn the light on. She's in there. And all I say was, I just looked at him and I said, was she good? I hope she was good. And I turned around and walked out. Now, dipshit me back in high school still absolutely the fuck went back to him. (laughs) Will own that. But that is uh, absolutely insane to me. But that's what I remembered when I was like reading this Reddit post of like, that's (laughs) insane for a first date for her to answer the phone and have a full blown conversation with her actual boyfriend. And for him to be able to pick up on on context clues and be like, this is her boyfriend huh yeah that's <laughs> <What>? terrible <laughs> unfortunate but also hopefully homie saved himself some time same but, uh while you're taking this call i'm gonna run to the bathroom checks coming deuces because mm-hmm. yep. yeah all right terrible. what's your next one there boss uh all right so um this one is like i don't know the like I could understand it from two different perspectives and as a mantle of professional fence sitter sitting on this fence of, I could see why she felt it was okay, but I could also see why this dude was like, what the fuck? Nah. So says girl, I knew from school and hung out with during lunch breaks, wanted to go on a date. I accepted. And her idea of a date was apparently watching a movie at her place while she munched away on an entire bag of cheese and onion chips and a bottle of Coke. Uh, then proceeded to burp and fart loads in my direction. The smell was disgusting. And during the date, she also suddenly bit my hand uh, quite hard, in fact, and said, now I had a reminder of her. And our first date for a while. Dot dot dot. Absolute roller coaster. <laughs> it right? It, it hit me hard because <laughs> how long had you guys been hanging out? Because maybe she's just comfortable with you and didn't couldn't separate the like you she hung out with as like a homie and the you she liked 
as a romantic partner and you were able to compartmentalize those two functions and she wasn't i don't know how old you were when this happened so i don't know whether you're you know like 19 and she's 19 and kind of immature doesn't know how things work or if she grew up with a bunch of boys i don't have enough context to know whether she was just weird or if she was just like this should be comfortable this should be fair i know you well enough to be completely open because you know what they say it's not a relationship until she can fart for the first time in front of you. So, boom. But uh, also, very true. Very true. <laughs> uh, I myself personally have had the experience of somebody fucking biting me and being like, well, now it's a reminder. You'll never forget me. And I was like, what the fuck? And honestly, what I tried to do the math earlier when I was talking to Courtney about this and like 19, 20 years later. Uh, I still, I don't remember her name. I could barely remember what she looks like, but I do remember this bitch leaning over the, uh, the desk from behind me and biting my shoulder and turning around and looking at her, then my shoulder and being like, what the fuck? You just bit me. And her response was, yeah, but now you'll always remember me. And I was like, I just want to, I don't know what, what, like, and yeah, so I can relate to a lot of this situation. It wasn't a lie, context. though. <laughs> yeah, you might not remember her name, but you do remember yeah. her. Exactly. So this guy probably did remember that date, but for a lot of reasons, he didn't want to remember it for. Uh, which, what's, your, what's your thoughts? I can see how that's like maybe a kink thing where like leaving your mark on somebody. But mm -hmm. let me tell you. There wasn't a fucking sentence or word that you said that I was like on board with or knew to expect <laughs> that entire yeah. time you were talking about that. I was yep. like, well, okay. You know, yep. it could always <laughs> be worse. I'm just yeah. thankful I don't have uh, that <laughs> experience. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, for, for that to be a first date too, the level of comfortability that you have to feel <laughs> with somebody to do that for the first time is like... Not something I probably would be able to to do myself. So yeah. no kink shaming here at Homes Room Podcast, <laughs> but not our vibe, clearly. All right. So my next one is just a simple sentence. Let me just say this sentence to you, and I just want to hear your immediate thoughts. Okay. She ended the date by asking if my best friend was available. Oh, God. <laughs> period Boom. the end <laughs> that was hilarious that's awful that is so awful i feel so bad for whoever that was and also how dare you not give us more details i wanted a full ass fucking story time where were you how well did she know your best friend did she only know him in passing because of like instagram posts or like what's the deal <sighs> So you asked about my first date with Courtney and I was like kind of vague on why I don't remember what my first date with Courtney was because our relationship started out in a really, really, really weird way. And this particular one, you would have no idea that that like that that is similar to a situation that we were kind of in. But um, yeah, so uh, it's relevant now. It wasn't relevant at the beginning of this, but it's relevant now because you because you said that. So. Uh, another girl that worked at the theater, uh, I was supposed to try and chat up for my best friend who had a Wing crush man. on her. 
Yeah. And I was notorious for doing that because I, as I host a fucking podcast, I'm never afraid to talk to anybody. I could walk up to whoever, like I am an introvert, but I'm an extroverted introvert. Uh, that level of fear is like, uh, you know, like a sensation of like, I'm alive, I guess. I don't know. So I would always be the one that like would go like talk to random girls for them to be like, Hey, my friend thinks you're cute. So I was supposed to talk to her, but then I ended up like having kind of a crush on her after I got to know her. And then shit went as far left as possible. Um, this is a reference that maybe some people will get. Maybe some people won't get. Did you ever see that movie drive with, um, Ryan Gosling? Yes. Like this. All right. So you know how like that movie was like, what the fuck am I watching? And then he shotgunned that guy in the face and everybody yep. in the theater is like, oh, shit, what? What am I watching? What happened? This is not what I was expecting. Yeah, it went lefter than that. So um, it turned out that like she was like, hey, my ex is coming into town. Uh, I don't know whether I want to get back with him or not back with him, whatever. Uh, so I'm, I might have to put this on pause. I'm not sure. I got to make up my mind. At the same time. My best friend had been razzing me the entire time about how, like, you were supposed to talk to her for me, not hook up with her yourself, you dick. Uh, and luckily, he found somebody else in that in that same time frame. So, like, it was cool. But this girl ended up being roommates with Courtney. So, before me and Courtney could hang out, it had it was like a she. I kind of had a thing with her roommate my best friend kind of liked her then i had to like try and like backpedal and be like hey courtney i think that you're still an awesome person even though all this shit went hella left so uh what's up <laughs> so i've been on both sides of that story in one situation crazy so yeah there's that there's that you seem like you'd be a great wingman well thank you i try <laughs> <laughs> i'm i it being a wingman is not an easy task so to all the here here like i it's water but uh here's to you wingman like i it, it is not easy to to be able to go into a situation knowing full well you give zero shits about the outcome except for where your friend is concerned yeah and that's that is really hard to be able to like turn it on in that instant i remember going out with you know friends and just having it fucking deal with like this annoying girl who i do not find attractive who is like abrasive in all of the ways that like makes me want to gouge my eyes out but he's back there drooling and i just gotta try and get her like warmed up enough so that like he's confident and can step in and i can like start a conversation that i know he's comfortable with and then like roll out of the conversation and sometimes it does not happen often enough and sometimes there's not enough shots of jack in the world so uh yeah, i don't miss those days and i have come across several tiktoks at this point and i don't know what in the hell i liked for my algorithm to bring <laughs> these tiktoks to my attention as somebody who's like almost 10 years into a, a long-term relationship but i see horror stories of people my age or younger who are out and about dating in today's day and age where it's mostly like apps and meeting online or sliding into dms and all of those things and i just sympathize greatly with anyone that has to go out and date in today's day and age where there have been several like 
TikToks where I've seen of like like first date horror stories or like um like one of my favorite rabbit holes to fall down to is um i guess on like hinge or one of the other dating apps you can send like voice memos on your profile <laughs> yeah. and people will screen record these voice memos and be like like post them on tiktok and be like this is awful this is horrible i've sent some of them to my husband and both of us just like look at each other and we're like i'm so thankful i don't have to date in today's <laughs> yeah. day and age where it's like yeah. I'm so out of it. I'm. I, I just feel so old. I know that millennials get a bad rap or whatever, and it's just like this like weird situation where, you know, people meet in in different ways or whatever. I don't know. Mm. I'm I'm very thankful. I met my husband in a dark basement of a frat house almost ten years ago, and I'm not dealing with all that shit today. And special shout out and props to everybody that has to navigate that thoughts and prayers we adore shout you. out shout out but also if you got some good <laughs> stories from doing some like online dating or like modern mm-hmm. dating as i call it uh send them in because like i would love to either share them if you're willing for that but also just like i love hearing those stories because it's so wild because the last time i dated facebook was just a thing and myspace was on its way out so like i have not dated in so long mm-hmm. that i wouldn't even know where to begin but um as I kind of stole the the floor from you uh, about your one sentence thing, uh, are you okay if I if I go with my next like first date story? Of course. All right. So we didn't take nearly as long to go through these as I was expecting. So we'll have to try and figure out something else to fill the rest of the time with. My next but, one is a long one, so don't worry. Okay. Good. Perfect. Uh, this one, cause I only looked up like two, all of the long ones were like, this is too long and I don't, I'm losing interest. So if I'm losing interest, I'm not going to be able to talk about it. So I was like, you know what? I'll just do two. Cause hopefully you'll, you'll make up the balance. Um, because I wanted to share my own personal first date, like terrible situation. And I, I talked to Courtney about it, uh, yesterday. So she's already heard it ish, but like enough to know, like, the story so i'm not gonna get shanked in my sleep tonight um uh so it was like I, i'm pretty sure it was like junior year maybe i think it had to have been junior it might have been sophomore year but um i i went to go like ask this girl out who like in junior high was the girl that like elementary school style like hit you and like would just like do dumb stuff like when she had a crush on you so like legit was the girl that would like walk down the hallway and just like blast me in the nuts for no reason and it's like dude and at that time it was like this is not something that like i i enjoy please stop doing it already not a fan matt right exactly keep going Uh, keep going like she (laughs) full-on like running like shoulder blocked me into a locker i was my back was turned didn't see it coming wasn't prepared like backpack on and just like full on like shoulder to my like offset shoulder so like it was terrible uh kicked me from behind with boots on in the nuts that was the probably the worst drop to my knees uh that was awful but flash forward to later on girls be looking pretty and dudes be dumb um so uh i i reconnected somehow i think she switched schools and i don't remember how we ended up we met at an event or something and i was like we should you know hang out we should go out and you know maybe go see a movie or something so uh set the date i didn't have a car because i was 
like I said, I, I maybe I might have even been a freshman because I I had a car sophomore year. But either way, uh, borrowed my dad's Jeep and I was super excited because it was like a, ni- a nicer Jeep Cherokee, especially at the time. Like I said, this was like a million years ago because I'm old as dirt. But uh, I um I go to pick her up. We're on our way back. Uh, this car is driving really slow on a two lane road. It's like speed limits like 65. They're going like 35. But traffic isn't really clearing enough for me to pass on this two lane road but i'm like i'm in this jeep that's got a little bit more power than like my my uh normal expectation would be i can make this pass this is a passing zone right and she was like yeah we pass here all the time so i was like okay so i jump over in the other lane and as i jump over the car that i thought was turning ends up committing back to like the lane the normal lane of travel so now i have like almost no time to pass this car so it's almost a full-on like head-on collision jerk the wheel back over to get in front of that car she's like grabbing the dashboard is like okay cool then then we get to the theater and uh we get ready to go in and the tickets are not sold out but it's just full enough that it was like this is going to be an awkward trying to find like a spot to sit without people being like right next to you or in an awkward position. And we almost had to sit like one spot away from each other because that was the only, like originally the only way that like the theater was set up where there was no two seats together. It was like one seat here, one seat there, one seat here, a person and then another seat. And I was like, why do people sit like that? So then finally I had to like go up and ask this old man if he could like scoot down one so that we could sit together. And he was like, I guess I could be closer to the aisle if I have to get up and you guys can sit on the inside. So now I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder with this old dude on one side and this girl on the other side feeling all awkward. Cause how am I supposed to like lean in and like talk to her or do anything? It was the best situation ever. And then uh movie ended and I was like, so uh, do you want to do anything else? And she was like, nah, I got homework. <laughs> cool. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so I, so I took her home and then she was like, but you can, I, I have a birthday party coming up. If you should totally come to my birthday party, it'll be, it'll be fun. You know, this, that, and the other thing. So we follow up with going to her birthday party and she's got all her friends there, people I don't really know. And I'm sitting in their house with a bunch of people I don't know. And she's off like gallivanting, talking to some other dude. And I was like, do I leave? Do I not leave? Do I leave? Do I not leave? And, uh, her mom comes and sits next to me and she was like, I like you. And I was like, okay, this is even more awkward now. Cause I was trying to leave and now you're like pinning me in with a compliment. And she was like, it takes a really, really strong guy to be able to come to a birthday, a party where you don't know anybody and stay, even though she's not paying you any attention. That's bravery. You're a good one. I like you. And I was just like, thanks and then she kind of looked up at the like where like the there was a two-story house so she looks up to where like the laughter's coming from and she's like i'm kind of upset or i'm kind of disappointed in her right now for the way that she's treating you but i just wanted to let you know that like it's it it's it's a lot it shows a lot that you're still sitting here and then i was like okay bye like i'm i'm out i don't want to matt so yeah gotta love it right gotta matt (laughs) <laughs> Matt. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yep. 
I, yeah, um, it was crazy. So, so my fun thing, my, my, what I, what I try to instill in people that have these awful first date experiences, or even myself, when you try to find the, um, the method behind the madness of why the fuck you go through these insane experiences with people of, of the opposite sex or whatever you're into, what conviction did you set about your ideal mate, your ideal mm-hmm. life partner when you go through these experiences? Because I try to tell people that go through shitty relationships, shitty first dates, um, you have to, it's, it's, it sounds like a cliche. As soon as I say it, everybody's going to roll their eyes. You have to kiss yeah. a couple frogs to find your yeah. prince, right? So when you go through these shitty experiences or these toxic old relationships, what conviction did you set about your ideal partner? What did you find out about somebody that, or, or let me take a second. What did you decide that was a red flag in somebody else moving forward from that experience where you're like if i see this again not messing with it or like if this is a green flag versus a red flag or you know those kinds of things you have to go through these shitty relationships and these shitty experiences to build your convictions of let me let me go through the motions and go through these relationships and be treated like shit and let me be treated like I'm lesser than for me to decide this is exactly not what I want in my future teammate and partner for the rest of my life. And when you find someone and you make that that long-term decision of you are my teammate for life, it is you versus the fucking world with this person, okay? My husband and I, we have this saying where there has been so many iterations of our relationship and so many iterations of fuckery, as the kids call it, that we have <laughs> to go through. It is literally our family saying to one another where when we're going through this shit, we just make eye contact with each other and we look at each other and we say, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. There have been at least eight or nine times in our relationship that we've gone through unprecedented times of having to look at each other and say that to each other. Most recently, uh, the last couple of times when my dad died and I was completely lost and we're just totally thrown into the shit and we have no idea what's going on and then a month later surprised and pregnant with our second kid who is wonderful wouldn't change it for the world but it, we keep going through these iterations of if we can get through this we can get through anything and that's a teammate that's your partner that's who you want to live your life with as as going through for better for worse also another marriage cliche right so original question when you went through that experience what is the specific conviction that you set about this is not what i want in my future teammate that i want to raise children with um so we have a differing of opinion and like fundamentally there so what i will say is 
I never cared about that. I wanted to hang out with people I thought were fun. I wanted to hang out with people who like at, at this point in time in my life, you seem like somebody I want to be around. I wasn't ever in a, like, this is going to be my, my partner for life. I never really had that. Uh, and ironically enough, like having a conversation with Courtney, just like while we were working together was the first time that I ever even like thought about like, damn, I could marry you. Like you, you are somebody that I could see myself with like in a different way, different context, because I, because I just do. And I used to make the joke. Uh, I, I knew that I was going to be able to marry Courtney because she was the first girl that I could sit around. And this is really a terrible joke now, different time. Uh, but I was like, I, 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 I never felt like I wanted to just like punch her in the face and say, shut up and leave me alone. And, uh, and, and people used to look at me like, well, that's good though. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it just becomes one of those situations where like, uh, I don't know if it's like the guy girl thing. Like it, for me, it was never about like looking for like a life partner or looking for, you know, a teammate when I was dating, especially like back then I was so young that like, I just was like, this, this girl is pretty and like fun and makes me laugh like that's that's the like the the thing of it uh it wasn't until like years later where i was like man i don't want to feel like i don't matter or i'm not important because before then like whatever but also i've dated courtney since i was like 18 19 so i wasn't very old when like i didn't have that like kiss a couple frogs kind of situation because I was so young when we, when we met and got married. So does that answer your question? I guess it does in our famous, what we love Matt for, which is his <laughs> famous fence sitting. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I just, I, it's just a different, like I didn't, I never thought about it that way. And I never, you keep it like, real though. Right. And, and, and maybe it's, it's just a different experience that maybe you and I had during our whole like dating pool, dating gene thing. Um, literally the, the boyfriend that I had in college that my dad loved the most was a cop, which my dad was a cop. Yeah. He yeah. was a, a, federal agent loved cops love all of the things kept cracking jokes after we broke up of how oh well you you let the one that i actually liked get away kind of thing i never wanted to um break his illusion of how great this guy was trauma response probably with how with bringing to light how abusive he was to me and I had one bad experience and decided I, I'm not going to date cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, I feel like it's, it's trying to find a justification or a like method behind the madness of going through these experiences. There has to be a reason why we go through shit, mm -hmm. you know, where we have to kiss all these frogs before we find a right partner for us. Um, you know, I feel like it's, it's something I wish that people would 
would speak more openly about, to be quite frank. I feel like it's something that I would have probably saved a lot of grief for myself if I would have found somebody that was having an open conversation about stuff like this with me. Um, maybe part of it is just my upbringing, but I don't know. Um, yeah. It's a, a really interesting thing to be at this point. Maybe I'm not going to try and speak on on your behalf, but when you're in a long-term relationship and you have the gift of hindsight, when you can sit back and say, you know, these relationships didn't work out for this reason or um, I found my partner because that's who was meant for me to spend forever with, that kind of thing. Um, I feel like there's a reason why you have to go through shitty relationships before you find the actual one and um, finding your justification for dealing with those shitty breakups or the people that treat you wrong or all of those things. If you don't learn a lesson about what you don't want in a partner after you deal with all of those experiences, um, it kind of feels like to me personally, if I would have gone through all of those shitty experiences and I wouldn't have set a conviction about what I did want in a partner, it would be super easy for me to be like, that was wasted time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would agree with what you're saying. And I think that that probably like very much is something that should be an open conversation. Like the relationships look like this and you can learn from it instead of, you know, harboring like the, the negative side of it. I think that that is definitely a conversation that should be more had. But for me, it's kind of interesting. And I don't know if it's because of like the family dynamic I had or what, but like, I honestly didn't care. And I never really like either, either I was like dating somebody or I was single. I was fine by myself. I didn't really care. I'm still kind of that way where it's like, you know, I, I'm, independent and if i'm alone i'm gonna figure it out like worry 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 more about yourself than worry about me because like I, at the end of the day like i'm not gonna go hungry i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know be incapable so when it came to relationships i honestly like i didn't date a lot i didn't care to date a lot i didn't it wasn't like it wasn't a thing and my worst relationship that i can like 100 percent say was like the worst relationship wasn't even really that a relationship because it was the girl that I was trying to talk to before me and Courtney got together. So like she made everybody like hate me. It was the worst summer I probably had in my, in my entire life. Um, that was probably my first experience with grief. I'd lost a cousin who, you know, suddenly passed away and was only like, you know, a few years older than me. So it wasn't like somebody that like I expected to lose and, you know, I was trying to deal with that while also having, you know, a bunch of people that I thought had my back, not have my back. So it's like, yeah, cool. You know, whatever. Um, but ultimately like the thing that I took away from it was like, I don't need to be in a relationship. Relationships don't define me. And I wasn't, in relationships that like ever had it like I can't think of a relationship that I was in that was like super toxic for one reason or another or a problem for one reason or another it, they like they just 
were relationships and did I learn stuff from them? Absolutely. But it doesn't, it wasn't a ton. It wasn't, you know, this, that, or, you know, whatever. And I think that that side of the coin often doesn't get talked about is not every relationship that you, that ends has to end because of negativity or toxic or, you know, whatever. Sometimes they just end because they end and that, that's fine too. You can still take those and learn something and be like, this quality was something that I liked and this quality was something that I don't like. So maybe, you know, the next person that I, I date is able to have more of these conversations or likes my hobbies or, you know, doesn't tell me to, to not eat the spicy food that I want to eat because, you know, I'm, I'm going to have an upset stomach, but also mm-hmm. I love that fucking spicy food. So, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a, a ton of variant in that and I don't want to, split hairs but like the dynamics of every relationship are so unique and why they end that like you know two conversations could change a relationship from ending negatively to ending like amicably you know yeah that's that's just kind of the way it goes i don't know it's weird i've i have never had a relationship that's like ended amicably i have a a really close loved one that I adore the shit out of who who did have a relationship that like ended amicably and she was like I just feel so guilty because there was nothing wrong with this person but I still felt like I needed to not do this to myself and to him and it it is relevant to your point because it's the the only real life experience that I have where it's like just because it didn't work out, it doesn't mean that something is wrong with you or them. You have outgrown that relationship or mm-hmm. you needed something different or they needed something different. Like something doesn't have to be like foundationally wrong with that person for your relationship to not be able to work. And that is a whole other experience that, you know, I've I'm I'm very open with my experience about grief and loss and everything with my dead parents. LOL. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's a whole other thing where you're like grieving this thing where um I've had a recent revelation of, you know, anything that disrupts your normal pattern or your normal definition of life, you're grieving, right? So Even if it's something or it's a relationship that ends on amicable terms with with somebody else and there's nothing distinctually or articulably wrong with this other person, but you, you know, I'm I have so much respect for people that end things, even though it's still comfortable because it's so brave to seek that out and change your definition of normal life because you know that you're called to something bigger and better and also very um very selfless of you to do that for the other person who very easily could continue on in that definition of normal or that like pattern of comfortability and be like oh well you know, this is just how things have been for the last couple of years. This is how things are always going to be. So to put yourself out there and be like, I feel called to something different. There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't wrong me. Um, 
you know, we can end things and try to be amicable about it. I think it takes a great sense of of bravery and honesty with yourself that not a lot of people are super comfortable with to be able to put yourself out there and be like, there's nothing that I can really say that's like toxic or wrong about this relationship. I just feel like there's something better out there for me or like different out there for me that might be a better match. So yeah. um, I have, I have one cousin of mine that has, has done that before. And I'm very thankful and blessed that I'm somebody that she's been like comfortable, like explaining that to Cause we have the type of relationship where I can ask her those types of questions. And she's like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm wrong. Or I feel like I'm like, something's wrong with me for ending this even though it wasn't anything that like he cheated on me or like we just like fell out of love with each other. It was just like, this is comfortable. We probably could continue in this, but I think it takes a great sense of uh, bravery and honesty with yourself to not want to settle for mediocrity, especially in your relationships. If it's somebody that you're choosing to spend the rest of your life with and then be your teammate for life, there's, that's really fucking brave in my opinion to to be able to be like i something is something else out there is is calling to me and mm-hmm. you know you may not have cheated on me and i may not have walked in on your bedroom with you <laughs> on a sunday morning before fucking church with a different uh, another naked girl in your bed mm-hmm. but um i still uh, owe it to myself and owe it to you to be able to to cut this thing off and both of us be able to find something that's not mediocrity you know yeah 100 percent. what do uh, i know though i'm just an idiot <laughs> with internet access Matt. <laughs> yeah um yeah and i like i said i i think it's there's a lot to relationships and dating and things like that so by no means is there a one size fits all? And I think that that's the conversation that needs to happen is that there isn't a one size fits all. And the more open people are, especially like, you know, if for us who have kids being open about those experiences to them and not being like, your mom's the only girl I ever loved is stupid. And that's going to create a false sense of that's how it works. Cause that's not Mm -hmm. how it works. Um, So, you know, having those conversations is, important to be open and like i said i i I grew up hearing stories like that from my dad and from my mom and watching them be you know on again off again and like that relationships can just be separate and then be okay and figuring it out so like I, i don't know if i just grew up seeing that so i didn't ever have the like thought process that like you find your mate you stick with them we're penguins forever we're lobsters forever so you know that's another friends reference who knew you could (laughs) shove so many in one fucking episode matt Uh, i really appreciate it gotta try um (laughs) but uh yeah um i stole some time from you so you didn't get to your last one but do you have a that's what she said i sure the hell do matt um steps on soapbox <laughs> friends family loved ones of the homers room podcast homies that we uh love and adore so deeply i want to be real with you guys so before i met my husband 
I was single for about two years, which was very out of routine for me. I had the toxic relationship that I alluded to from high school, naked girl from church, that whole thing. <laughs> um, I also, so after I broke up with him, down and dirty timeline of my love life, because we're an open book here at Holmes Room and fuck it, you know, if somebody can <laughs> learn from my mistakes, we may as well. Um, I broke up with him when I left for college. I was single for probably about eight months. And then I had what I call the summer of boyfriends, <laughs> where in a period of three months, I had three different boyfriends. The first one being the cop that I alluded to earlier. The second one was a mutual friend of one of my best friends. Uh, she got married that summer and I felt pressure to you know, get into a relationship and he was a groomsman in the wedding and it didn't work out, obviously. So that was the second boyfriend of the second month of the summer of boyfriends. <laughs> the third boyfriend from the third month of the summer of boyfriends was a full tattooed drummer in a hardcore band who had, <laughs> I had had a long term, deep seated crush from high school. Um, I feel like everybody has one of those exes or like one of those people that they just like keep going back to. That was mine for me. So we finally officially dated for about a month. We broke it off, i.e. he broke up with me. And I made the solid decision that I was just not ready to be in our relationship. So from that third boyfriend, so my third month of the summer of boyfriends, I was single for about two years before I met my now husband. All of this to say that it took two years of me being single and me learning how to just enjoy life being alone for me to learn that you have to be happy and comfortable being by yourself before you are ever going to be ready to jump into a relationship with somebody long term. And I don't know if that sounds pessimistic or maybe jaded or whatever, but it wasn't until I was secure in the idea that I could exist by myself. I could exist in singlehood by myself and not have my core values and my core, like my, my, my immediate emotions or feelings about how I was doing that day rooted in how another person or another human acknowledged me for that day or did or did not respond to my text in a certain time period and all of those things. Um, for me to finally be secure and comfortable with finally setting down roots and finding somebody that I wanted to spend forever with. I think in today's day and age, relationships and dating are so different than anything that I experienced. But I think one thing that hasn't changed is knowing that at the end of the day, if worst case scenario, you are still alone and by yourself, if you have enough security and safety in who you are as a person that you don't need another human being to rely on for 
your emotional health, your spiritual health, your um, confidence as a human, right? That all of these things stem from who you are to your core. You are going to be a much better partner to someone if you have all of those things ironed out first before you try to figure those things out in the context of a relationship. When you are by yourself and you're single and you have just yourself to count on while you are setting all of these convictions about who you are as a person, you are that much stronger for your future partner because your sense of self and your sense of stability is not rooted on the subjective experience of another human being. It is, I know, worst case scenario, if shit hits the fan and I am by myself at the end of the day, I will survive this. I got me. I can do this. The sense of self-worth and confidence that comes from you having that basic understanding of yourself as a person is so rewarding because that means that when you do meet that person and you do meet that teammate and that partner that you want to take that dive with, you're that much more secure in yourself and you're that much more secure in um, who you are as a person where that's less bandwidth that you have to figure yourself out and give that bandwidth fully to that relationship and your teammate. I don't say partner. I don't say husband. I don't say baby daddy. Sometimes I say baby daddy if I want to be a little asshole. Um, but he is my teammate. When you have someone who is an equal partner, who knows what to expect from you day in and day out, it is a whole other level of, of comfortability. It is a whole other level of security and as we're going through life and we're going through these relationships in adulthood, the level of security that you get from just knowing from a foundational assumption that you two are great together, but you're also great by yourself, you got you, right, is just a wonderful thing. Um, finding your value in another human being is not setting yourself up for success. Humans are flawed. We are terrible, speaking as a social scientist for a living, we are terrible test subjects. We fuck, we fight, we kill each other, all of these other things. But knowing that you have you and your value of yourself as a person does not come from the subjective experience of another person based on their mood for that minute, that day, that hour, is so superior and just uh, 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 above and beyond. It is setting yourself up, your future kids, and your future partner up for success by knowing that you are secure in who you are without, outside of you merged with another person first. So I will also say that is my experience 
I did not feel like I was ready for a long-term relationship until I went through all of that strife and the summer of boyfriends and the two years of emotional growth and the two years of feeling lonely and the two years of feeling like I was so behind the curve that everybody else was in these long-term relationships. And I just was so uh, flawed because I didn't have any interest in finding somebody that was ready for me to be a long-term partner, whatever the fuck. You are setting yourself and your future partner and teammate up for success when you are secure in who you are as a person outside of any relationship. And Matt, that's what she said. (laughs) There you go. Let me step off from my soapbox. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was our Valentine's Day episode. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoy your partner and your uh, teammate, whatever, whatever you got. Um, Yeah. Join us again next time where we, we adore you. We will see you soon. Bye homies. The bell is about to ring. If you want to drop us a voice message or simply ask a question, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. It helps more people find us. Theme music by Kinsey. More music available on Spotify. Remember, every day is a class. Go learn something.